steadfastly concerned, I'm going to run out of jokes about how to talk about human ejaculate. It's Vidra, please. A heinous trip at Warp 5. My name is Joseph. And I'm the only other guy at the lunch table willing to talk to you about Star Trek. Peter. Peter, what episode of Star Trek did we watch this week? Season 1, episode 22, Vox Sola. Disclaimer! If you are triggered or somehow put through mental duress, or you just flat out don't want to hear at least 300 mentions of cum shots, you need to get the fuck out of this episode right now. Just turn I, us off. Yeah, my my esteemed colleague is 100% correct. We are going to be talking about the cum monster and all of his adventures for the next hour-ish, and uh, we will not shy away from this joke. We will be leaning in, and uh, getting it hot and sticky all over us and everyone around us. That includes you. I am a skeet motherfucker. If you cannot handle this, we understand. But that's what we're about today. And we'll see you next. We'll see you next week. We love you. We appreciate you. But this is the cum monster episode. And we ain't getting away from that. How in the fuck <laughs> did they make this? This is this first aired the day before my birthday, May first, two thousand two. Telepay, Fred Decker, story by Rick Berman, Bran Braga, Fred Decker, directed by Roxanne Dawson. Yeah, Balana. Mm-hmm. What else has Fred Decker done? Let me let me pull this little. So, so maybe we can find some sort of cum related. Fred Decker, like as a writer, he only seems to have Enterprise under it. The Andorian incident, which was dope. Sleeping Dogs, meh. And then this, rightfully so, was his last uh, involvement with. Do you think that that like he went to go write another one, and they're like, "Bro, you gave us the Cum Monster episode." Where- no, you're, he you're didn't cut give off him here. Come up. Listen, you're cut off here. I think that this guy got used as the whipping boy and that someone higher up the Paramount food chain saw this fucking thing and said, bring me someone's head on a silver plate. And then Berman and Braga were like, oh, shit. OK, well, we fired that guy. He's he's not going to be around again. Looking at this memory alpha, it is anemic, even for Enterprise. Not a single mention in here of anything semen related. I, I, I guess you try to keep it family friendly, but there is no way they didn't understand what they were doing. Right, Peter? Right? Like, there's Was no it like a sexist, like, <laughs> we're going to give Roxanne an episode that is literally just fucking on screen bukkake. Yeah, just a, bu- a bu- giant bukkake a hive mind starts spreading its slimy cum all over the cast bit by bit, binding them Was together. Was the working title for this script uh, Jizztacular? Uh, there's no, there's no, the there's no way they didn't know, right? That's what, that's what, that's what I was struck by. It was like, I was watching this kind of like this, you know, analyzing it, you know, going back a few frames, watching it again. And like seeing the sheen and like the, the particular quality of the exact consistency of the fluid 
that they I just really looked at it and I said they knew th- that this is what they were doing. There's no accidents here. You can't make it red because it looked like blood. Blue, purple, green, green, fucking yellow. You could have made this black. Make it like fucking venom. If that was like a symbiote, if if that was a black tar. Aramis skin of evil looking thing that had people like all spider webbed up and like psychically connecting them and like the symbiote hive. Mind. Oh, wow. Now that I think about it, like, yeah, this could have been way more interesting, but to make it fucking pale white pearl jam, a one for one ratio to come with fucking tentacles grabbing people. Mm-hmm. It's bonkers. And like by the, three quarters through the episode i'm just and the, the fucking tentacles are like slithering over people's face it's dripping off of them it's all over the place yeah. i'm like am, am i watching some fucking like early 90s uh japanese x-rated anime like it's a tentacle monster that is just slathering people in fucking jizz the entire episode do you think that the people who had to make the buckets and buckets of fake cum that were used in this episode as they churned out the cum, ever had a moment where they thought to themselves, I have chosen the wrong profession. I am I'm wondering I'm if in the wrong like, field. If everybody just thought this was fucking hilarious and that, you know, oh my God, this is going to be so funny. It's just going to look like fuck. I, I don't know if you guys out there know what Bukaki is, but I mean, this is one for the fucking books. And then it's like you tell your really raunchy joke and it just falls flat on its face. And then everybody's like, oh, God. Well, we are, it's they, we're going to get fired. They have to avoid invoking the joke on screen. That's why it doesn't work, right? Like this giant cum monster, Bukake is all over the characters involved and they never can acknowledge that's what's happening because you're on network television, right? You can't even you can't even like wink at it. You have to ignore it. Well, it makes it so the joke doesn't land. The joke's only funny if everyone knows it's a joke. There is somehow more semen in this episode than there was in the Star Trek Next Gen triple X porn parody. So much more. This is this is the Star Trek triple X porn parody right here. That's what this is. You're right. And the porn parody was a real episode of Star Trek. It was. It was filled with rich continuity and everything. This is... Ridiculous. So, you know, we start off in the episode. It's so hard for me to even think what the fucking plot of this was. And it seems so inconsequential. But I, I noticed in the beginning, there's a couple close up shots. Uh, you know, in Voyager, people treated the zipper on their jumpsuit kind of like my friend who went to Catholic school girl school told me that like we call that Catholic school. We go on. Well, it's just for girls. It's still a school. It's, it's, it's Catholic well, school. It's Catholic school girls school. Anyways, okay. did you go to Catholic school girls school? I went to Catholic school boys school. Well, that's not. I bet you guys weren't, you know, seeing who could roll your skirt up. They'd roll the waistband on their skirt to make the skirts shorter. Oh, yeah. And the yeah, more yeah. popular you were, that was how you showed like your social status was you would have like the shortest skirt. So uh, on Voyager, like, the more cool and rogue you were, the further down you wore your zipper. So Tuvok would have his uniform all the way zipped up, whereas like Tom and some of these other Maquis guys, Dolby, those guys, they were unzipped pretty far. And then like, you know, 
Janeway, uh, Kim had his up pretty high, whatever. All these enterprise dudes have theirs at a, the exact same level. There's no social status there. It's like that zipper may as well just not continue all the way up. Completely insignificant to the the it's assimilation bukkake we're, we're going to go into. It's insignificant to all of the plot lines in this episode. So That is the, the one wholesome thing I can say about this episode was that I noticed the jumpsuit zippers. So the teaser is about a first contact going poorly. Hoshi is attempting to placate angry guests who are wanting to leave. Admiral Forrest. Admiral Forrest is, play, is playing the lead alien. Hey, do you think that, like, actually it's Admiral Forrest dressing up as these aliens yeah, in character? Yeah, mm-hmm. like, that because Earth spaceflight is actually quite advanced, and this is just like a complicated training uh, thing for captains. Because and Admiral they- Forrest is a Starfleet Admiral in Ergo batshit insane and that's yes he's like uh do you watch birdman at all the like the the film no like uh harvey birdman attorney at law yeah yeah okay yeah, yeah two different birdman but yeah uh, so what was this silver one or sky his crazy boss played by uh colbert Steve, right yeah stephen colbert like that's what i imagine forrest really is and like he's just tormenting archer with these goofy costumes he gets on and puts him through all sorts of hoops ha ha dangly parts <laughs> ha, ha, jizz monster <laughs> i mean it makes perfect sense he's you drink you know like he's got a ship he's got all of his dudes they all dress in a different type of alien makeup they come up with some all crazy language you know that they that no one can decipher and they're like and then we're gonna give him the cum monster <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, guys, it's going to be a hoots who we'll wait until they're watching. Ralph's going to turn Cargo Bay 2 into Camp Cumshot. <laughs> so it goes poorly. Hoshi can't translate. They seem to be offended by how they were eating. They demand to leave. They leave. And that is when the cum monster comes on board. Okay, teaser over. Awful CGI. This is, it is. There it was is. something else where they had slime crawling around in Voyager, and I can't remember which episode it was, but slime never looks good sliming around. No, it always looks cheap. It always looks it looks primitive because it's, we're too early for the liquid effects to look good. Right. And while we're here um, talking about Voyager for a moment, uh, whereas what was the too much or oh, perfectly good waste of Odo? Oasis. And someone in the I think it was the Discord group said, you know, oh, it felt like any other episode of Star Trek because it was an episode of DS. And I like there, there's an antidote in Memory Alpha where, you know, Renee even told fucking Archer or uh, Bacula, like, yeah, this script's bullshit. We already did this. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a lot of Star Trek is retreads. And, and in, in the same vein of retreading. Uh, this is basically just the fucking episode where species eight, four, seven, two gets on board. And instead of like beaming it into the sun, Voyager befriends it and, you know, tries I was to say it's, it's actually the haunting of deck 12. It's Sparky. That's what it's more like. Sparky was wholesome. Yeah, he was a valuable was family crew. friendly. You know, he was shooting people in the face and mouth, but it was with burning electricity, not nut. <laughs> This fucking awful CGI abomination gets in and you you might sit there and be like, man, this CGI looks like shit. I'm tired of looking at this. 
And then they hit you with the practical effects and you go, you know what? Actually, maybe I would like to see this terrible CGI again after all. So <laughs> the, the B plot to this episode is the second time something like this has happened is that Hoshi is trying to uh, like, you know, have a better relationship with his, her boss because like, she's kind of like being a bitch to, to, to Paul and to Paul's actually very reasonable from the beginning. And is really not her fault that Hoshi's just like having a bad day and being bad at translating things. And it's like this very low stakes B plot that are happening literally parallel to the captain of this vessel and the chief engineer slowly be getting mind wiped by a cum monster. Well, you know what? I'll take the B plot over the C plot, which is Archer really wants everybody to think that water polo is cool. Oh, you didn't, you didn't, uh, you didn't agree with Archer's strict uh, water polo fandom is truly a great sport, you know, soccer, except everyone is, you know, slowly swimming. Instead of moving quickly, uh, water polo being cool was just about as believable as that shot where the CGI slime monsters like slinking around and they show Porthos laying in his bed and he starts barking. And I'm like, that looks like brand new carpeting and that bed is immaculate. There's a 0.0 chance that Archer's floor does not have any dog fur on it whatsoever. I don't know what cleaning robots they have in the future, but it will put my Roomba to fucking shame. I... I think that the the best thing you can say about water polo is that it is a intensely athletic sport that no one likes. And you can tell because only rich white people play it. I think the real goal of that is to reinforce that Trip is a dude and willing to watch boring bullshit to get his friend out of a funky mood. Yeah, that's like supposed to be the nice character moment is, you know, Trip's a bro, gets a get some beers and pretzels and they put on the sports ball. It's just pretzels in the same goofy rectangular bowl that they eat popcorn and all other snacks. There's a strict rule on Enterprise that all snacks must be served in the most obtuse, goofy bowl possible. Uh, And and on the subject of food, again, I now that I've talked about it, I cannot unsee it. There is so much food in Enterprise. They're eating fucking prime rib for dinner in the mess hall. What is this? A fucking Bellagio buffet? Jesus. What? was the food budget for the Enterprise production team. It has to be huge. There's probably more food spent this season, more money spent on food than there was transporter effects. I mean, they figure like, you know, hey, we only got so much more time to be making these shows. Let's let's blow out the craft services budget a little bit. We'll skip on our CGI here. Here's the deal. Uh, We are going to be having you guys naked all the time. So in your contracts, you are never allowed to eat unless it is for a scene. So we're going to be generous and give you guys some pretty good food, prime rib steaks, uh, a lot of broth for you, Jolene Blaylock, because we got to keep you really, really thin. But uh, you can only eat on set, and there will be a lot of eating, so you don't starve and die, but th- that's 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 the rule you got to play by if you want to be on Enterprise. So there's a movie that's happening in the mess hall. It's like some French movie, and they start to try and turn it on, and things aren't working, and so... Uh, Reed calls to engineering to be like, Hey, what's going on? And Mm -hmm. to nobody, don't don't you, don't you skim over it, Joe. What? They're trying to watch this movie. And they go to tune it in, but they're not getting the movie. The system's acting glitchy, which they never really explained. Why is it because come monsters 
eating energy or something. Yeah, he keeps trying to trip over to the Cinemax, but you know, it's just yeah, it's fuzzy because the what are they what are they clicking box. over to instead? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you, you you're not gonna you're not gonna pass this one by. No. Even Passing. way back when they have yeah. internal CCTV that's closed yeah. circuit security cameras. Yes. They have security cameras presumably on. recording things that are happening at various <laughs> duty stations across the ship, or which we are watching. One. Yeah. In like a billion years in the past of Voyager. There they are. So security the first cameras. time something happens and they try to be like, oh, it's a mystery. What happened here? And they don't go, you know what? Let's check the security cameras real quick. Oh, call- I mean, I'm- they had security cameras on Voyager. There was a whole episode about it. Oh, I remember. I got pissed about it. <laughs> but I'm saying I saw it. There's going to be no excuses. The first time there's a mystery and like, we don't know who flushed that fucking candy bar wrapper down the toilet and flooded it. I'm going to call bullshit real loud. That is the only thing of continuity that will matter out of this entire bukakalypse. So there's two crewmen. One is... Rostov, who's played by Bolana's old boyfriend from Muse. Now, things that make you go, hmm. Yeah, I got him covered in cum. <laughs> Did Roxanne Dawson have a relationship with this dude and some like, were there like some real late night line reading study slash makeout sessions between these Two, and then like finally Roxanne Dawson gets her chance in the big scene. It's like, I know the exact person we're going to use for a guest star. I mean, don't I worry, like, baby, I got you. I, I like that headcanon, you know, like that. This is his fetish. And that's why he was, uh, you know, that selected. this is a, his girlfriend on the DL and she's hooking him up with work. I, li- I like that. It's both is what I'm saying. It can be both, you know, work and pleasure here on Star Trek Enterprise. And then a uh, female crew member, just crewman Kelly. No, and it's not crewman Kelly. It's R. Kelly. Literally. It's J. J. Kelly. Is it J? I'm pretty sure it was R. Kelly. Let me it's look. J. Kelly. You wish it was R. Kelly. Comes <laughs> <laughs> not going to be the only bodily fluid flying around this episode. J. Kelly. Damn it. Gotcha. So I do like you saw the they have enlisted badges and the enlisted badges are more similar to Navy enlisted badges. So they are like crewman first class. Cause they've got three bars there and the, you know, they're in charge when everyone, all the, you know, at night or whatever, or on the swing shift, right? Like when the officers have time off, some of the enlisted are, you know, taking over, making sure all the, everything's working and they got to go, you know, deal with uh, this power surge in this cargo bay. And that's when Bolana's old boyfriend goes in there and is immediately snatched up by the cup monster. And then Kelly goes in and Kelly gets snatched up by the cup monster. So the cup monster first strikes with these milky white CGI tentacles that are just permanently bathed in thick, viscous semen. Yes. And I thought, oh, my God. How how could they do this? Little did I know the true depths that we would be yeah. thinking to here. Like as, my as, initial notes were like incredulous, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe. But all of that stuff just pales in comparison to the cumtastic heights. This episode will achieve by the end. I'm just saying that if these crew members had been randomly younger Japanese 
extras, that would have been enough of an acknowledgement of the joke to make it funny. You know, like they were so close to actually acknowledging this joke. If they had just done something like that, you know, would that have been too much? You're trying to describe uh, an analogy where there's a wink, wink, nod, nod. Hentai, right? Well, the, that they're acknowledging that there's some. Yes, this is a giant stupid cum monster, right? Like, yeah, but the the, the acknowledgement there is like, ha ha ha, mm-hmm. hentai tentacle porn. That's not what the, this. This is just like either Berman or Braga's like actual fetish, and they have never watched any anime in their life, and it just so <laughs> happens. To be, like maybe after that, someone showed them hentai, or like, and they were like, oh my god, where has this been all my life? This is. This is exactly my fetish. I made an episode of Star Trek, actually. I got in a lot of trouble. I got this Fred Decker guy. Nobody, like, he got burned. Nobody will work with that guy after they, this fucking thing came out. But, like, man, yeah, if he, I would have seen he, this, like, I'm in the wrong business. I should have been making this he, he, hentai. Hentai? God, I... Fred Decker works at Target now. <laughs> That's what his fate was. No. Uh, <laughs> no. Jeez. Uh, Mark's might be too region. <laughs> a gas station. Fred Decker works at Speedways now. No, no, he's because he's got the intelligence that comes with being a professional writer. He's working at Best Buy. You know, like he's he's a shift lead at Best Buy. He's making some really good home theater audio recommendations. He is. He understands the industry. You don't understand. He, you know, he wrote some scripts. Yeah. He used to live in Hollywood, you know. Yeah. So, but, you know, before he moved back to Sheboygan, now he's Sheboygan teeth too. So, so the first, the, the, the two jabronis get snatched up by the cunt monster. They got to cut off bro time. And during bro time, there is a mention though. I, I did enjoy uh, where, and again, I'm just going to assume that trips blowing smoke up Archer's ass and like feigning interest in all this crap just because he's a good dude. But Archer goes, uh, it wouldn't be practical to put a pool on a ship would it which is funny because we just watched all those um was it called half screen those uh youtube videos with the guy doing like the deck by deck analysis of the different star trek ships. oh yeah 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 and all of and like, like the 1701 absolutely does have a fucking pool so the next enterprise could have water polo that I, I, I do believe that like no actual writer of a television show of Star Trek probably ever knew that. <laughs> you know, like that is something that only exists within the nerd sphere of oh, we're gonna put a fucking pool in this in this drawing. You I know? wanna like get every Star Trek writer from next gen in a room together and like at a convention panel, blah blah blah. And everybody's like, um, the the captain's what? The captain's yacht? There's a whole other ship attached to the bottom of the saucer? Why didn't anybody tell us? We could have told some really cool stories with that. You nerds got to let us know when you've got these fucking ideas. What, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and so uh, in their civilian clothes, it's it's Tucker and Trip, and then Reed and some other guy. Right. I like Jay Kelly. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Redshirt who didn't die. I like that the Jay Kelly calls in and it's not like intruder alert or red alert. It's just uh, Captain something might be wrong maybe and it's like the most casual thing ever 
I thought that that where it was it was cut off, wasn't it? Though there's like there's something here. Her tone of voice was a little off, but she she was indicating that something was wrong. No, she says like, there's an organism. Yeah, it's very clear what the stakes are. I, I'm I'm criticizing Archer, and again, this is part of the. There's no red alert. There's no intruder alert because those terms somehow don't exist yet for Starfleet. <laughs> Star, well, I mean, how about the term intruder alert? Like that's what I'm saying. Hey, like, there's an what? Raise the alarm. Why? There's something here. Okay, like you don't need a term for it. There's something here. It already has one crew member, uh, who was under duress, and now it has the person who called me. Yeah, let's go down there with four guys. That sound that sounds good. Four people. Okay. Anyway, they they can they they roll in, and now we have the practical effect come monster. And the practical effect come monster is absolutely the afterbirth of the biggest porn star orgy that ever existed in LA. They walk in. Uh, one of them gets attacked by a CGI white penis tentacle slathered in jizz. And then they turn the flashlights and they discover jizz jail. And what I would have thought, if this is what you wanted to go for, the obvious thing is a spider, a space spider and webbing. But no, it is flat when you're cutting up pork and you're pulling like the pork pieces apart. And there's like that. It's mylar, yeah, like fasciitis or whatever. Mm-hmm. Wet. Some of it's crusty. Some of it's wet. Some of it's a little yellowed. Like is this, these are people who knew cum. They know their cum. They know the different kinds of viscosity of cum. How do you as Roxanne Dawson say, you know what, I'm going to make this. Did you like, see Did you see the memory alpha photos of her on set? Where she's like, got the monitor up in the cum room. And she's like looking at the exact like up texture. Up and cum shot? Yeah, uh, the, like the, the upfront cut. She's in the cum room. The cum is all around her. She's got a monitor in front of her of one of the extras covered in all of the cum. And she's like looking at it like it's the fucking Zapruder film. It is it is just amazing. No, there needs to be some discoloration by Archer's face. It's not all going to be white all the time. If we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. I'm just you saying at the end of this episode, these guys need STD tests. I mean, there's just no way that's. They didn't get pick something up from this. You know, this thing's been around the galaxy. It's been places. So. Reed continues to prove himself as the least badass person in Starfleet ever. But very murderous. (laughs) Yeah. Not effective, not particularly brave, but very inclined to kill things. Not a good combination, I'm just saying. Like it's kind of like psychopathic, really. Like if anybody's gonna be a serial killer on this crew, uh, you know, my gut instinct would be Mayweather because nobody smiles and is that chipper that much, that plucky. Uh, but I think Reed would really be the guy like that has, you know, g- jumping back to our discussion of Stranger Things season four, like Vecna, that he's the one having mutilated bunnies all over his <laughs> cabin well he runs up after you know ever, all of the other characters that went with him wind up in the clutches of the cum monsters like oi governor all of the main all of our main character has been captured by a bunch of g's what we gonna do about it so let's try and get through this thing without getting 
bogged down with with all the the <laughs> buckets and buckets of cum all over everybody's face. What's going to happen as time goes on, more and more of the characters are getting covered by cum, and we're going to find out that not only are they just dripping in jizz, but it's also creating a psychic link between them to shared collectiveness. I thought the assimilation angle was actually kind of interesting. Yeah, so did I. It would have been more interesting had the throwaway red shirts actually been like visibly starting to like disintegrate. Yeah, like being digested, being like cellularly fused with this slime. And like maybe they rip someone out and like half their face is gone and like some gruesome shit's going on. Yeah, they they needed a body here. They needed to have a casualty. Um, but I guess like because they wanted this thing to ultimately have just been a misunderstood life form at the end if it killed anybody. That w- would have been a problem, I guess. But again, that's that's a fail for this thing. Make a fucking monster. Yeah. That I can finally hate and revile after your numerous botched attempts, like every fucking bad guy they've trotted out for the past four episodes, minus the goddamn rapist Ferengi. I've been able to say and say, well, you know, Dean Stockwell wasn't that bad. Well, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, and Oasis was Odo. He was the bad guy there, basically. Who wasn't even a fucking bad guy. Uh, Acquisition, they were just shitheads generations or was a good bad guy. Rogue Planet, the fucking dick sporting goods customers, not really great bad guys or, or, you know, fully condemnable. Like, all right, let's finally we haven't had just a straight up fucking space horse since those uh, dudes from what was it? Silence. Was that the name of that episode with like the Mars tax guys? I would say, yeah, they were clearly bad guys. Um, I guess the Nausicans were clearly bad guys, but they were also not very threatening. Uh, yeah, they were clearly bad guys. That oh, the space fighter people. <laughs> they were sucking out people's yeah, juices. Yeah. Yeah. We just never have to see them. There's no like real stakes on the table because this thing's not like decomposing people and, and doing like horror movie shit to them. At no point do they think like maybe we should try using the transporter to beam people out of there that was weak as fuck they try some like ultraviolet lights those don't work hot at no point does anybody think hey maybe we should just kill it with fire i'd really like to see some federation flamethrower i'm sorry starfleet flamethrowers i so they start working through different ways to affect it the em radiation beams are the first thing but it it reacts by like clamping down on all their crew members. And as you noted, as each progressive scene occurs within the cum matrix, they do have to increase the level of jizz density on each of the characters very carefully, probably with a brush, you know, applying more layers of crusty flaky cum substance. If this would have been like black symbiote goo, this would look fucking sweet. Like, wolf, yeah. The fact that this is, just jail aside like they did a pretty good job like having parts move and slither wet while other parts were like stationary practically speaking this is finally cool. this is finally crafted ejaculate no doubt about it <laughs> this is very extraordinarily precisely done which again leads to the no one did this on accident like Revelation, because there's no way you could be this deep 
in the monitor looking at your cum monster thinking that that's not exactly what you How mean. many people have beat off watching like this? This is their fetish and this is the holy grail of live action um, Bukaki apocalypse. I, I have a follow up question for you on that. Did I jerk off to this? No, no. Uh, <laughs> is the total quantity of cum produced by jacking off to this material oh. equal to less than or greater than the volume of the cum monster itself as portrayed? Now we're talking about like the gooey stuff around the tentacles, like the cum stains on the floor or the entire white production. I'm going to see the entire matrix. So you're saying that this no, is no, no, no. Way, no way, no way, no way, no way. Okay. Uh, no, I, I don't know, man. We factor in China. That's like the way you throw all statistics off. I don't. I mean, this is a global show now. There's there has been wank to this from everywhere, from New York, New York, to the, the hinterlands of China. This clip may this show or clips of this episode may just be on xvideos.com and people will just watch it. Not even yeah. knowing it's Star Trek and be like, it's 20 years old. There's you know? this episode of fucking quantum leap where <laughs> Scott Bakula is just covered in jizz. And man, like every time I watch it, it's just every 20 years, an entire generation of people have had the capacity. I'm amazed that I've never heard about this. I heard about, uh, yeah, threshold. Like, right. I've heard about the spectacularly bad the, the final episode of Enterprise I know is going to be the the Riker Troy scene. Mm-hmm. I have never once heard someone make a joke about this and I don't understand. Do, do you am I just going to mentally block it after this episode that we are currently recording just like season 3 of Stranger Things just make myself forget about it? I think this is the the fact that this has not emerged into the consciousness of nerd culture the way some of the other things you have mentioned is just a, is because of a how blatantly a cum monster it is and so that's just hard to talk about the same Crusher way. fucking a ghost was easier to conceive of is every other meme in most Star Trek posting groups on Facebook yeah I've yeah. seen her breathing in like like crushers a pothead and crusher fucks ghosts everywhere yeah never even seen a single screen cap of these guys just dripping with goo so back to read but by the way that is permission for our fan base to go to star trek shift posting and start posting cum memes it's like as much enterprise cum monster memes as you possibly can i want to see i want to see I want to see some high numbers. I want to see well, some high achievers. Hmm. We'll have to see what kind of clips are on YouTube because now that I know how to make my own GIFs, it's on. You know what? Hey, how about the guy who's been making the uh, the Funimation style recreations of Next Gen and then they did the one for Voyager Threshold? <laughs> this is clearly the Enterprise this, episode. This yeah. is the one they do for Enterprise. Ugh. Oh. <laughs> uh, so they're trying to figure out a tentacle almost gets read, but he shuts a door and it cuts it off. And then he takes it to Phlox and he's like, we need to experiment. Tell me what this is. And Phlox is like, oh, I think it's kind of sentient. And then Reed comes back in and says that this, this is the fucking stupid part to me is that Starfleet has been on the verge of perfecting shields. What do they call it? An EM field? Correct. I, and that's the second time they've used the term EM field. You jump back to the lizard uh, Olive Garden 
Planet Olive Garden episode. Right. And that's yeah. they described their shielding in that as EM shielding. But they're coming up with different ideas. How she's like, I think I can maybe communicate with it. And then Paul's like, that's stupid. Try and find the Admiral Forrest and his cosplay group and see if we can't like figure some stuff out. And then Reed's like, I think I might have something. Starfleet's been talking about these shields, but like they can't perfect it. And then I'm going to lead you to believe that somehow the fucking armory officer of a starship under duress is going to be the guy who figures out shielding quite possibly one of the three most important technologies to Starfleet. Yeah. Warp drive, deflector, dish, shield transporters, maybe replicators like big fucking deal. Uh, and that got me off on a side tangent. We're, we're painting Reed as now the smart guy on the vessel. It doesn't fit. You go into next gen data, uh, Wesley Crusher, LaForge. There's the brain trust, right? Each of those people, super genius. And if they're, and then occasionally special, special guest star Barkley, right? Right. It's the flagship. It's the super enlightened 24th century. It's a fucking ship with a thousand people on it. It's the best of the best of the best. And they've been doing this a long time. Any of those guys coming up with this, I buy it. Jump to Voyager. You got Kim, who's a prodigal son. Or I'm sorry, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this 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 real whiz He's kid. He's a prodigy, yeah. Uh, Janeway, who I thought they did a really good job establishing her as a scientist. Uh, Balana, who was a pretty cool nerd. Uh, seven of Nine, Ichab. Lots of smart people there. Like, I have no hard time taking any of these traditional Starfleet crews and being like, these are scientists and they are chock full of super geniuses. It's not a vibe I get off Enterprise at all. You cut flocks out of there and I'm hard pressed to call any of these people abnormally intelligent scientists. I would say they've they've properly put Hoshi into she is an expert in linguistics. But that is it. Trip. Should be, but a trip feels more like a greasy mechanic with a get her done attitude. They have not portrayed trip as particularly like an outlier in his competency as an engineer, merely that he is, you know, an expert at this thing. There's probably not a lot of people who are, they could have done a better job of, of applying that. But yeah, like the fact even that even to Paul, well, DePaul discovered uh, the secret Vulcan black holes. I remember? know, that's my favorite part of that episode. But, you know, I think I like the fact she's a science officer and like she's good at math, but she doesn't have that creative spark. She's not a miracle worker. And for them to, to use Reed in this role. I can't give you a better one other than maybe Trip or maybe to Paul, but those don't feel good. And Reed certainly doesn't feel like the right place for this. Eventually, they come up with the solution to ah, all three of these. <laughs> to all three of these questions, uh, Reed somehow gets this EM field to work just because he figures it out. The smartest uh, person in Starfleet now. There he is, folks. Uh, to Paul and Hoshi overcome their weird workplace drama that they even spend time like talking about when they're in the middle of trying to calculate crack this like weird calculus code of being able to speak the language of this creature on that, that entire subplot there. I felt like that was a big miss. 
uh, because of uh, Sleeping Dogs, where they had yeah. a good connection. They literally like, already thought, did this plot. Like, why didn't, didn't we already solve this? You I know? thought that they were going to go with a, hey, have you been practicing those techniques? You can do better than this. Like, let's let's take your logic training to the next step or a refresher course or something. Not, hey, we appear to be at odds and sleeping dogs never happen and we're going to bicker. For whatever reason, it's like they acted like all of their character growth together hadn't actually happened. I don't know. Why. Oh, Especially because this guy. Look at that. Roxanne Dawson stuck him with a bad case of the Bolanas. Oof. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> and the contact with Admiral, uh, I was going to say Admiral Vaughn. Forrest. Yeah. Admiral Forrest. In Crazy his Admiral outfit. Forrest. Crazy Admiral Forrest is left to Mayweather. Admiral Forrest, we need help. No, you will call me by my <laughs> alien name. This guy, worst boss ever. Mayweather is cl- is the literal only person on the bridge because everyone else is busy doing like science and shit or being trapped by a cum monster. And he he talks to them and they're like, "We figured out your language now, human." And it's just clearly why it's Admiral Forrest fucking with him because now he's just talking normally. And uh, he's like, "You insulted us because you ate in front of us. You must apologize, or we will not help you." And he's like, "I'm sorry." And they're like. Okay, then, here's where you should go to dump off the cum monster. You need to apologize. And watching Mayweather sit there with his chunk of dialogue and apologize with this plucky, earnest, watching him act, it feels like watching Michael Jackson in like the old 80s Jackson movies. Yeah, something off. Something's something's not right. Like, what is your day job? Because I don't think acting is your primary. <laughs> Thing. It, it feels is, very are you working your shift at in and out burger after this like no, what's like, going on? like he's like really talented at doing something else like he's a really great woodworker and like or a world-class violinist he does a little bit of acting and he should not do a little bit of acting he should focus on the stage job. i don't know but watching him do that like the fact he wouldn't just be like hold on let me get my boss real quick let at, th- Two of the most important people in the ship are stuck in jizz jail. And I'm going to take it upon myself to maybe try to parlay with you and hope I don't cause an even bigger international. Just like the, the I drive. To... I'm, I'm the 20 year old bus driver. I don't know. Shit from Dick. Like, and I'm going to try and ease over this interspatial, you know, incident so that we can save the captain. A chunk of my brain is a quarter of an inch off because of a transporter incident. Let's talk. And then the fucking Admiral Force like, is this fucking guy serious? You sure this you sure this translator's working? Nobody nobody can act like this. Hey, yeah, here's the coordinates. This is where you need to go back. So it all comes together like um the planeteers assembling to summon Captain Planet. Reed goes in there with his brand new radical uh paradigm shifting technology of shields and sets up a little deflector Ooh. grid. Take, get your tentacles away from our Asian. You can't have her. <laughs> Just have Hoshi have gotten abducted initially. I mean, you, you have have been, <laughs> well, I mean, that would have, like, maybe she's trying to figure out a way to communicate it while she's captured. While she's actually, in there. That, that would have made actually plot sense, but all right. And then she comes in with the Universal Translator and T'Pol and what could have been a very sexy tentacle attack on them. Instead becomes a uh, talking, dueling banjos or, or, or fiddles. And I've really got shades of, uh, do you remember in the void? There were the, uh, 
the little space gremlins that I think talk talk via music. If I recall, who, who befriended those? Was that the Kim? doctor? Oh, it was the EMH? Yeah. yeah. Look, we gave them musical instruments, and now they can talk. And that's what this is. And uh, luckily, this uh, Bukaki monster is super reasonable, and it's like, oh, cool, we can talk now. Yeah. They won't they, crush they seem, everybody to death. They seem dehydrated. They're drained. <laughs> and. Uh, you know, you should, we'll, we'll let them go. They need to go clean up. You know, they've had a rough one. Get them some Gatorade. They need some electrolytes. A cigarette, maybe. <laughs> yeah. What was the point in Jizz Jail assimilating them? Like, I, I thought it would have been cool if, like, they had started losing their personalities and the monster would have talked to them through, like, you know, Archer saying every other word and then Trip filling in some and then uh, Planet planet grease playwright he could like talk in there and they could have done a little yeah that would have been cool they didn't do shared that, consciousness thing no especially if hoshi had actually been captured by the jizz monster and she was using her you know personality and influence to get it to communicate that way as a way wow. to bridge the gap yeah look at that. Hmm. we even fixed the jizz monster episode peter look at this i don't want to fix the jizz monster this fucking thing should have been killed with fire or again just beam the fucking people out of there this is ridiculous. So instead, instead of killing it with fire, they communicate, they release everybody. They get to the planet where it's from. They beam down and the planet jizz the planet to, to planet come and they release the, the, the come bucket th- prime <laughs> come bucket prime. They enter orbit on the come bucket system and had to come bucket three and they head to the spot and if they we're at this part in our episode, by the way, and you're shaking your head, and you're just fucking sick of hearing us talk like this. Shame on you. You were warned. Yeah, we told you straight at the beginning. This is what we were going to do today. It's how this we isn't our fault. This is Rick Berman's fault. This, this was done Brago. to us. We are being tortured so that you can be amused. If you have not seen this episode, you need to watch this episode. This is so you fucking bonkers. You have to bonkers. see it to believe it. How yeah. does this get through censors? Because they don't acknowledge the joke. Because it's not common unless you say it is. You know, like that's that's actually the defense. The kayfabe matters. You People, might think that we're talking about this too much. This is literally 85% of the episode is is nut dripping off people's face. The last shot that they do on the surface before they do the effect and they leave is fucking flocks opening the extra case with the extra tentacle in it. And inside the case is a cum stain. Yeah. It's just like, is that is... A prehensile dick. There's a dolphin dick in there. And it slithers slithers off. And it leaves a cum stain. A clear, semi-translucent, milky white cum stain. Lovingly crafted and placed within that case for that shot that they linger on for like half a second. Let's jump over to Phlox real quick. There's a beef between him and Reed where Reed comes in to get the, the sample of the, the monster and he needs to test it aggressively with the new shields he's perfecting. And then Flox is like, no the way you're doing. This is basically torture. And I think this thing is sentient life. There's another way to get the information you want, but it's going to take about an hour. And then reads like, well, the captain might be dead by then. And this is a hostile creature, or that's the way that I perceive it as the fucking security chief armory officer, whatever. I'm also the ranking officer on the ship right now. And then Flox is like, well, not in my um, sick bay, even though I'm not even 
in a fucking Starfleet uniform. And then Reed's just like, oh, let my ball shrivel up as I completely back off and say, okay, fine, then we'll do it your way. This is Reed, the hothead who hot wired the fucking phasers to run directly off the warp core and almost blew the goddamn ship up. Ridiculous. So Reed, I think Reed sucks at this point. I don't. I don't like Reed as a character and they're going to have to do some work to fix him. I want to talk about flocks real quick. And I really kind of racked my brain to come up with like how I was going to drag dear doctor in and say like anything he's doing is <laughs> hypocritical here. But I think this is the first time since dear doctor, the doctor has been that flocks has been uh, relevant to a scene and taking a stance and like what he's doing here does not immediately clash with his, uh, his actions in dear doctor. And Actually, I would say it's strikingly similar in that he has this different view of medical ethics and that he cannot take this action against this life form, even though there's obviously an exigent reason why he would should do so. And whatever they do to this thing is likely to be less harmful than, you know, Archer being dead. Yet he says, no, this is not aligned with my eth- my ethics. It kind of lines up in a weird way. I would have liked to see in a scene with Reed where once it's all said and done, that Reed's like, Cap, I need to talk to you real quick. So, you know, Phlox kind of uh, was OK with you dying in a bucket of jizz. Because of ethics and we need to keep an eye on him and like Archer being like, ooh, maybe maybe I've been taking bad advice. Something to think about. I don't know. I'm sick of talking about cum. I was sick of talking about cum like five minutes into this episode. I, I didn't want to talk about cum as much as we did, but the, the episode demanded it, Joe. What episode is coming for us next? <laughs> that was my last one. I swear to Jesus. <laughs> and cum. We're moving. <laughs> We're moving into uh, episode one. I'm sorry. Season one, episode 23. Fallen hero. There's a uh, Paul trip and Archer and some old lady that just walked on the ship. Enterprise is sent to the planet Mazar to pick up a Vulcan ambassador who has been expelled for misconduct. I like the way that sounds. Do you remember this, this Joe? We're finally we're finally going to have a good one. I was listening to uh, good. Not a good waste of Odo. Yeah, it was a good waste of Odo because in the next episode we were talking about was um, displaced or whatever the Dean Stockwell was. Mm-hmm. And you said the Dean Stockwell episode was going to be good. So I, I like how rusty your memory is on this stuff. But you're, you think this is going to be a good one, too? Yes, I, I do. I feel a little bit more certain that it is. It's got some interesting backstory for Vulcans in particular. Sort of thing you and I tend to like. How many people do you think turned off the TV that were just the traditional? I'm watching TV and the kids are there. And then I'm like. These people are trapped and come. I'm not letting my fucking kids see this. This is ridiculous. Click. 50% of the viewership. I'll look, I'll look up the ratings. I'll see if there was a material hit from this, but how many people are like I'm done with this goddamn episode? There has I not guess been. There is this. There is one thing, Peter. This is in 2002 before degeneracy you know, seeped into the minds of so many because of the availability of internet pornography. Bullshit. This was all over the fucking place back then. I just think that maybe this wasn't, this would not have occurred to boomers the same way it occurs to you and me. You know, there is that. How, with all the lewd, shitty, derogatory behavior towards T'Pol, 
was she not trapped in that mess with like some lascivious, lewd close-ups of that stuff like crawling all over her? I'm amazed that it was three dudes and then Jay Kelly, who you barely see. I guess bravo to a certain extent, maybe, that there was some growth there, or maybe they were like, fuck, if we put DePaul in there, the censors are definitely <laughs> Like, we can, we, if we're going to do the Come Monster episode, we have to not sexually abuse our main female lead. Or if that was like, the ultimatum was like, listen, Blaylock, either you do this fucking Come episode, or if you fucking veto out, there's going to be this Ferengi episode and like four other things where you're just going to be getting hazed sexually. And she's like, I'm not getting a fucking caught in a, a jizz monster. Give me bring on the Ferengi. All right. I'm done. I'm done with come. You're done with come next week. There will be no come. And thanks for listening, I guess to this. Goodbye. <laughs> God. This sucks, guys. Listen, I gotta get up real early in the morning, so if you like wanna get a Uber or a cab or something, um, Okay. Alright. Yeah. Uh, I'll leave my number yeah, on the right stand. <laughs> <laughs>